0: Uh, welcome, Bobby Riddell. We are real excited to have you. You are um, obviously a famous walk-on for the Purdue team. Came in, grabbed a scholarship grabbed a lot of playing time, and now you're going to grab the microphone for the Purdue Basketball uh, radio broadcast, taking over for Hall of Famer uh, Larry Clisby. Bobby, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be a good time. (laughs) We hope so.
0: We appreciate you showing up. Uh, Obviously, this is a crazy time for everyone, and even more so for you as you prepare to come into a role you're not. Super familiar with, even though there's not many people around that know pretty basketball as well as you. What do we talk just slightly about how you got, how you got the call, how you got picked to take over for someone that's been doing the job for 41 years
1: at this point? Sure. Yeah. Obviously, I, I had the chance to play for Coach Painter um, at this. You know, his first year was the start of my first uh, season at Purdue as part of uh, being a walk on on the team. And so I've been around Coach Painter, and then the current, uh, some other current members of the staff like Elliot Bloom for ever since 2005. So (laughs) I have a a good relationship with all of them. And when it came time for them to try to find someone to take Larry's place as he was retiring, I'm someone who's local and certainly someone who, you know, has the capability to to do the position from a location standpoint. (laughs) And because of my, you know, good relationship with everyone at Purdue and, and my passion for the program, me I mean, someone who's followed Coach Painter's career ever since the start, I think <laughs> that was why I was uh, someone as who they thought could be good for the position.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've only been talking briefly, but you've already uh, shown yourself to be able to tell a good story. Uh, you'll be the color guy next to Rob Blackman, if I'm reading it correctly.
1: That's correct, yeah. So Rob, mid-season last year, Rob mm-hmm. had transitioned into the full play-by-play role. And Larry had slid over to the color commentary role. And so this year, essentially, they'll, that'll just stay the course. And Rob will continue with the play-by-play. And then I will be taking the, the color commentary position for home and road. And then for the home games, Ralph Taylor, who's, who's been doing some color commentary as well in, in the last handful of years, will stay on for the home games as an additional color analyst as well.
0: As someone who did a little radio in high school. I think I even did a couple games with Rob Blackman. If he's doing the play-by-play, cool. play, if you're doing, if he's doing the play-by-play, color guy's easy. You just need like one <laughs> or two
1: jokes, right? I mean, that's. Uh, I did some uh, prep this this <laughs> summer with Robbie Hummel a little bit, who's one oh, of my nice. good buddies and who I played with. And most people know him for his TV work he's done in recent years, mm-hmm. but he's also done some national radio broadcasts as well. Yes. That people may not be as aware of, and he has done some color commentary for the radio side and. So I was like, you know, you got at least some experience doing that. And so I wanted to pick his brain. And and we actually synced up his radio feed of he came and did the national radio for a Wisconsin, the Wisconsin-Purdue game at Purdue last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, we synced it up to the actual game itself on his computer and just watched it and listened to him and his partner banter back and forth and just kind of get a feel for, okay, as the color guy in radio, you know, how often do you talk? When do you talk? When are the, the good spots to uh, get your comments in and how for how long? And, and obviously, since it's a radio versus TV, the play by play guy is certainly required to speak that much more mm-hmm. as far as because he has to describe the action since right. there's, there's no visual. So just getting a feel for, OK, yeah, really, the color guy, you know, doesn't have to nearly speak as much as the play-by-play guy, of course. And you really just kind of find those little windows to add your two cents. And someone like myself who doesn't has never done it, that's going to be obviously a learning curve. And, you know, Rob Blackman is a professional and and one of the best there is in the business. And and he was in my position that I'll be in for a good number of years. Mm -hmm. So really no one better for me to start with than for someone who knows exactly what I'll be going through. And uh, we'll probably, you know, I I have a good relationship with him. He, He was... His first year on the radio team was my freshman year and Coach Painter's first year. So we go way back and have a good relationship. And so I think we can be a good team. But it'll definitely, I'm sure there'll be some bumps along the way. But I think uh, my passion for Purdue and, and my knowledge of, of basketball will at least give me a good start.
0: Yeah, I think we're all excited. And Robbie Hummel was a natural right away. I'm sure you can find yep. your, your pace as well. And the good thing about being on radio You know, TV, if you have a mess up on a call, say it's a really big play, it's probably going to get replayed all over the place, but radio
1: disappears a little quicker. Yeah, they may never even know I missed (laughs) the call. (laughs) You know, trying to be as descriptive as I can, because obviously there's no visual, like we said, trying to be descriptive. And yeah, hopefully if there's any mistakes, uh, they go unnoticed. (laughs) Uh,
0: Speaking of relationships with people in and around the, you know, Purdue program, Obviously, the Kliz is a legend. Uh, if you think about Purdue basketball, I mean, if you're a fan, you've definitely spent hours and hours listening to him. Uh, what was your relationship like with Cliz as a player and then after the fact? Anything and anything he's told you during this little transition?
1: Yeah, I had a really nice relationship with uh, the Cliz when I played. He actually saw my dad's a cardiologist in town, and, and he was a patient of my dad's uh, and would always tell me, To tell my dad, thank you for helping him out uh, during some of his medical (laughs) battles in the past. And so we always had a great relationship. He was super happy for me to make the team and and for any success I had. uh, He was always super proud of me. And we always had some fun conversations on the road trips. And in my fifth year in particular, while I was at school, finishing up my accounting degree, since my eligibility was, was done, I was able to stay on as a student assistant coach. And so I got to travel with the team and be a part of the staff more per se. And some of the most fun times for that season was hanging out with the Cliz and, and Coach Katie would come on a lot of road trips and, and those sort of guys hanging out with them and hearing stories about the Glenn Robinson and Conzo Martin <laughs> days and um, those teams that I really enjoyed growing up. And so it was a lot of fun always hearing their stories and, and Cliz is, is always a good time. So I had a great relationship with him and, and I've stayed in touch with him after Uh, my playing days as well and it was definitely sad uh, you know hear that he was going to be moving on but obviously i'm excited about the the chance to to follow in his great footsteps so it's bittersweet for sure in that regard
0: it always sucks to transition from a legend but at least it's going to someone who appreciates what that legend is and and i have this written down here and this kind of leads into that have you have you and rob talked about bullseye um is that going to stay? Uh is Cliz going to let you guys have that?
1: Um we have not talked about that. <laughs> I personally would probably say that is I, I mean I love that. It. It's a great call, but it probably sh- should just be Cliz's thing, I would mm-hmm. think. Uh it's such a legendary thing for him that I would, you know, think it's kind of better just left for him. That being said, if Rob wants to do it, then <laughs> I, I'm a company man, I can do it but needs to be done. So so if
0: not, I'm hearing you need to get in the laboratory and start coming up with your own catchphrase.
1: Right. And and, I, it, and that's one of those things that obviously me and Rob are going to have to iron out a little bit. And it's just far as how that, that goes, because, you know, Larry, for all those years, was the play-by-play guy. And so he would mm-hmm. just, you know, the play-by-play, the shot goes up, would lead right into the bullseye, of course. Right. Whereas, you know, now Rob is the play-by-play guy. So, you know, maybe Rob's going to have his thing. Uh, and then... You know, I can do the Skip Leonard, um, <laughs> the slick, Le- the slick Leonard. You know, boom baby or whatever mm-hmm. it may be after the fact. And so we'll just see. Yeah, we'll 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 play with it and, and have fun coming up with our own our own uh, our own deals. Probably.
0: Who were some of your uh, uh, announcers that uh, really caught your attention, especially growing up watching listening to games?
1: Certainly. You know, Larry Clisby from the basketball side and and Joe McConnell, Mm -hmm. uh, who did basketball for the Bulls as well, but was the football guy for when I was younger, when Drew Brees and some of those guys were there. I have very fond memories of listening to both of them on the radio. Wayne Larvey, I know, was on the radio a lot that I remember listening to him, whether it was Bulls. I was a big Chicago Bulls fan growing up. And so I would say those are kind of the main influences from a radio standpoint i'm a huge cubs fan so pat hughes on the radio is a bit, huge fan of him as well but yeah that's that's probably the main influences
0: so no bill walton flavor
1: no that's you know bill bills some people i'm sure love bill but probably not
0: gonna yeah, work in
1: indiana yeah i'm not sure that's going to be the best thing for for Purdue.
0: what are you doing uh besides the announcing these days
1: well i do i my full-time job is a right. cpa Uh, tax tax accountant, uh, up in Lafayette or West Lafayette, I suppose is where our office is located. Um, yeah, that's the full-time gig. So I've been doing that here at a firm called Heman, Lawson Hawks, been doing that for five years and yeah, now I got a fun little side gig. So they're
0: going to let you travel and do all that fun stuff.
1: Well, I was going to be able to, um, except for coronavirus, unfortunately. Uh, Because of coronavirus, they're going to try to limit the exposure and and all that stuff with the team. So, unfortunately, that means keeping the circle smaller, which hence means uh, us radio guys don't get to go along. So, um, yeah, we typically would have traveled, you know, with the team on the charters and, and all that good stuff. But, yeah, this year we don't. So we'll be... Calling the games remotely, so that oh, should no. be interesting. Oh, no. On on the road games, at least the home games we we right. get to do. We have to get tested uh, day before and day of, and gotcha. so assuming both negative tests, then we get a call to call the games from Mackie. They probably won't have us be. I'm guessing they won't. They won't have us be courtside like mm. they typically are, right. just to keep your social distance. But yeah, um, yeah road games is going to be interesting. Trying to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, remotely. So yeah, <laughs> I know that's gonna my be first weird, year no. really just, right. interesting. Um, but, I suppose I don't know any difference. So in, a, in that regard, it's just kind of a go true. with the flow. Yeah. But, it's going
0: to be way easier next year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, as far as trying to be energetic and, mm-hmm. you know, be, uh, <laughs> not monotone I right. guess and like not, things like that to try to bring the energy because obviously as from a listener standpoint I would think if the announcer is more energetic then you know it's going to be more fun to listen to and, and get you more into the game and so if, if there's no fans and no energy right. I guess you just have to create your own so we'll see how that goes
0: Just be like you uh, standing up on your couch cheering
1: Yeah exactly <laughs> just be like I am when I'm at home watching the game so
0: <laughs> Had you done radio before?
1: No, so I, I don't have any nice. uh, experience or background in this. I've done a couple, like, interviews uh, on the radio before, mm-hmm. but no, as far as uh, actual game calling, no, no experience. It's definitely something that has always been, like, a dream kind of thing as far yeah. as, it, you know, every kid who watched, you know, Sports Center or right. something like that, uh, or, or ever listened to Cl- Larry Clisby or Joe McConnell yeah. or any of those guys on the radio, it was always something that seemed like it would be awesome to do, but, uh, I never, you know, really envisioned it or seeking it out, uh, or sought it out. But, right. um, with, uh, Larry's time coming to an end, I, I, you know, they reached out to me and just said that that was someone that they thought would be good for the role. And, and obviously my, uh, location in Lafayette where I live makes me, you know, one of the ideal prime candidates as far as location goes, just because you obviously have to be in Mackey Arena for the games. So, right. yeah, the uh, stars align for me, I suppose. And I'm uh, definitely excited. Um,
0: you guys are moving to Waze now, too, right?
1: You're yes. Right yep. nice. So it's the same station as the football games, which mm-hmm. is nice for. Yeah, that was weird that it was separate. Yeah, I'd always be annoyed because, like, <laughs> you'd get in and you'd be like, which one is it on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. And it was on, like... One-stop shop.
0: Was it on Bob for a while? It was on some weird... I, it might have been. It was... Or... Yeah, I
1: think it was, like, 95.3 yeah. or something like
0: that. You only yeah. have that dial on your radio because of the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. right, right, right. But, yeah, I'll do... I do a full intro, like, afterwards when we cover it. Um Okay. I figured we'd talk about Cliz some, how you got the job, yeah. uh, and then I don't. Have you been able to see any of the basketball this year? Are you,
1: I haven't. I reached out to uh, Elliot a little while back. Elliot Bloom, mm-hmm. the director of basketball ops, right. I reached out to him a little while back to see if I could. Because I used to, every year in the past, since I live close, I'd always pop over for like right. a practice or two, right, right, just uh, to see the guys and talk to the staff a little bit, and uh, I'm a a basketball junkie and a Purdue fan at heart anyway, so just being able to see what the new players look like and all that stuff, I would always like to pop over there, but when I reached out to them this year, I was like, I had extra (laughs) motivation to obviously go and see the team, Uh, especially since there's so many new guys on the team this year Mm -hmm. that are going to play that didn't play last year, and uh, Elliot said, so I was like, I texted him, I was like, can I come? Or is that a no shot with COVID? And he was nope. like, yeah, that's a no
0: shot.
1: So I got shut down pretty quick. But that's, that's fair. Uh, I'm actually, I was thinking they've been doing some scrimmages recently, it sounds like. Yeah, and I, that. I was kind of thinking guess, about asking to see if I could get like a copy of one of the scrimmages or something. Because uh, I know they film all of it. Nice. And then that way I could at least uh, see what. Zach Eady looks like. I was Ugh, just so. gonna say,
0: I'm so bummed because I want someone to have eyes on him.
1: Yes. Because I've, I mean, sounds can, like he's looking great from know. the the quotes and stuff. So. And it's weird because I've seen the YouTube clips and, like, you know, you can only tell so much, but sure, he
0: looks so slow.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, when you're seven foot four, you're yeah. certainly not going to be Lewis Jackson out there, I suppose. But <laughs> um, yeah, he. He looked to me, you know, from the stuff I saw, and like you said, it's basically the YouTube clips, so it's hard to gauge. Yeah. But I thought he was kind of a crossbreed between Harms and, and Haas, and maybe a little yeah. bit more mobile than than Haas, but certainly not nearly as mobile as Harms. He obviously has a lot of things you can't teach, as far as yeah. being seven foot four and a half or something, and seven foot eight wingspan. So
0: is that what it is? I couldn't. Yeah, that's, remember. that's, oh that's
1: what I God. saw Chris Foreman had put that out. So that. Obviously, is uncoachable and unteachable. So when you have those measurables, you're going to be a, a problem, at, at, certainly around the basket. And so it sounds like, though, it sounds like he, outside of just having those great measurables, it sounds like he, I think, is more polished and maybe is moving a little better than people maybe anticipated from just you know the, the small amount of clips we've seen from him. So
0: yeah, I didn't realize he picked up a basketball for the first time 27 months ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of hockey and baseball background. It uh-huh. sounds like, which you know, sometimes Good those other sports, you know, help your balance and mobility and things of that nature. That maybe are hand-eye coordination, things like that, yeah. that are paying dividends now with with hoops. So uh, it sounds like an interesting prospect. Definitely someone I saw, you know, Coach Painter's interview yesterday, where I think it was Brian Newbert was like, "So does it sound like Zach Eady has solidified your backup center spot?" And Coach Painter was like. I think he's, his answer was something along the lines of, well, we're not really sure if he's a backup yet. And it was like oh, kind geez. of one of those, whoa. <laughs> Sounds like he's obviously looked so, you know, he's looked so good to this point that right. uh, he's at least battling or competing for a starting position, which is great to hear from a Purdue standpoint. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, because that was definitely a position with, with Harms leaving. That was mm-hmm. certainly uh, something that was in question going into this year was the depth depth behind Travion.
0: Yeah, because uh, uh, Dow still suffering.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really – I don't I don't know m- too much about that except for what, you know, Coach Painter said, and it sounds kind of scary. Um, yeah. You know, anytime you're talking about breathing issues, that's certainly scary stuff. So hopefully he's on the mend sooner rather than later. No kidding.
0: Uh, all right, let's uh, look forward a little bit. Uh, we were talking a little bit before this call. You weren't able to actually step in on any practices. Obviously, with COVID going on, um, things are going to be weird. Uh, I know we talked – you're not going to be able to go to home or road games this year. So you'll have to do that through some kind of live watch and broadcast. But what, what are some of your expectations for this team? Knowing the pieces that, you know, from last year, it's a young team um, still growing. What do you expect to see from this basketball team coming
1: up? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just certainly with the, you know, five returning players that have played, quite a bit over the last couple seasons and then mixing it in with the five new guys that appear to be poised to add a lot of contributions this year as well. It's gonna be interesting just to see how those two groups kind of blend together and mold. And I'm sure there'll be multiple combinations of, you know, newcomers and returning guys that are gonna make the the puzzle fit. I think there's certainly a team that's under the radar that has a chance to surprise people. I'm I'm certainly always gonna be biased to Purdue. I I like (laughs) this it's always Think positive, uh, but I just think I think they have a lot of talented guys coming back. You know, in particular Eric Hunter, Sasha, and Travion, who all had really nice moments last season in in different games throughout. And I think they can be you know terrific anchors from a veteran standpoint, even though without any seniors. I think those guys have still have a lot of experience. And then I'm super high on on the young guys from everything I've heard and seen um, from you know their clips like in high school or AAU And I think they got some talent there so i think they're a team that obviously doesn't necessarily have any elite scene you know they don't have any seniors or or maybe any necessarily high marquee you know caleb Swanigan type players Mm -hmm. but i think they can be a team that has a lot of really good shooting and can space the floor and then a guy like travion who's you know one of the most talented big guys in the big 10 i think if they can surround him with some shooting and some playmaking he's a terrific passer and a terrific low post scorer and he could have a huge year
0: definitely uh Let's touch on shooting a little bit on an overarching Purdue history. Your nickname was Bobby Buckets. Obviously, uh, I've seen, I've personally witnessed you destroy my team at Legacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the best shooter in Purdue history? Let's say in the last twenty years, in painter
1: besides, m- besides myself. of
0: course, you, no, you could, I mean, <laughs> go ahead, take the mantle, put the crown no, on.
1: Yeah. I mean as a as a great shooter which I like to think of myself as one, mm-hmm. uh, since I can't dunk or do anything else. <laughs> um, I, You know, as you're always confident in your own abilities, and so mm-hmm. you're certainly always going to stack yourself up with, with anyone. So and, and we'll say who, you...
0: who's the second best
1: shooter. Yeah, yeah. We'll so make it I, easy. I, I, I would love to compete with any of them, of course, but <laughs> the – man, I mean, there's been so many good uh-huh. ones. Ryan Klein, obviously terrific. Carson Edwards, mm-hmm. Dakota Mathias, guys I play with. Like Ryan Smith and, and Robbie Hummel could really shoot it. David Teague was a terrific shooter. So you're, there's been you're, a number. Of... You're,
0: you're driving in, and for some reason everyone has collapsed onto you. Who are you choosing to throw the ball out
1: to? Who, to out to? Who am I kicking it? And do I? Yeah, you get I trust... you get all your choices. Yeah, so this is a spot up shot, right? Because uh-huh. you know if, if we're taking off the move, Carson Edwards Carson, is probably yeah. my, my guy. Yeah. He's a terrific shooter off yep. the move. But if we're just stand spot up wide open three, I probably to go with my guy Ryan Smith. Okay. All right.
0: Sticking together. Yep. (laughs)
1: The the young
0: kids don't know what's going on.
1: No, no.
0: (laughs) All right. um, One more, just as not serious question. Well, maybe, maybe more so. So there's been a lot of good uh, players that started off as walk-ons. That's come into big roles. You kind of started that in the painter area. Um, Obviously Grady Eifert took that. Who wins at a one-on-one tournament out of walk-ons at Purdue?
1: Yeah. Grady, But Grady's probably going to get that one. Yeah. Unless he can't post me up, then I have a shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll give you a still no,
1: chair. No post-ups allowed, and maybe I, and maybe I got a shot. But, <laughs> Three uh, second yeah,
0: calls at least.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Grady, you know, I, ha- I had some success certainly as a walk-on as far as getting some playing time and co- with the coach trainer. Mark Wolford did as well. Drew Anthrop. We, you know, we all were right there together and had some opportunities throughout our career to play meaningful minutes, which is incredible and was a great experience. Uh, Grady, yes, yeah, certainly took that over the top, and you know was a. I had one career start, which I I <laughs> truly loved that moment. That was a lot of fun starting a home game in Macarena. Mm-hmm. That was a very cool. Me and Lewis Jackson are probably the shortest starting backcourt since like nineteen twelve. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, that was exciting. Uh, but Grady started a whole season for a team that won the Big Ten and went to an Elite Eight. So he, he's going to take that mantle for sure. And and I've actually got to know grady pretty well over the last couple years as he's been around here working as a grad assistant and uh have played some pickup with him and he's a terrific player can really really shoot that thing he, he obviously had a really nice season his last mm-hmm. year and shot like 45 percent from yeah. three i believe but definitely not when, when you play pickup with the guy obviously grady played his role to perfection and, and right. shot open shots but when you actually just play pickup with a guy like that you see how you know, talented he, he really is and he's he's a really good player and definitely is the, the walk-on champion <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it sounds like you need to throw your uh hat in the ring for the basketball tournament next year
1: yeah i, I don't know if they need any five eight guys that can see <laughs> in the corner and shoot threes but uh if they do then i'd be happy to join that's, that's
0: basketball nowadays
1: right? i i watched <laughs> right that yeah well, floor that spacer team, that team got desecrated
0: but it could have used some shooting
1: yeah, it was unfortunate that, you know, Grady, PJ, Ryan Klein, guys mm-hmm. like that who can really fill it up yeah. uh, weren't able to partake. So maybe this coming summer, maybe a vaccine's around. Yeah. Hopefully coronavirus isn't nearly as prevalent and we can get a, a full Boilermaker TVT roster together with a lot of these young guys who were so fun to, to watch play together.
0: Yeah, it's nice to not
1: have to say entirely goodbye to them. Right, no doubt it's been it's a fun turn that they got going on there
0: yeah so I promise not only take about 20 30 minutes of your time so uh, we can get to wrapping this up uh, any any final thoughts towards uh, this season upcoming obviously this year's been turbulent and crazy and uh, you know bad for a lot of people but I think obviously a lot of people will be very happy to have a distraction so any anything you're specifically looking forward to with this upcoming college basketball season
1: i think i'm looking forward to seeing just how these teams adapt to playing with no fans which Mm -hmm. i'm sure is probably going to be the case uh it's going to be difficult you know mackie arena the fans and the environment is second to none in my opinion and Mm -hmm. it's certainly a huge home court advantage for the boilers so that's going to be a big bummer to not have um but the same way throughout the rest of the big 10 it's going to just be interesting to see how these guys adapt to playing essentially pickup games that mean a lot <laughs> yeah. to a lot of people. That's just it's that's what I'm be interested to see. I'm sure when you step between the lines, those guys will will get after it and, and play their hearts out. But there definitely will be something missing without the fans. But like you said, just any basketball is better than, than mm-hmm. no basketball. So hopefully the big thing will be that these guys are able to stay healthy and that a season be able to be played just because I know uh, the way the season ended last year and there being no March madness. I know college basketball definitely needs this season to be played and for there to be a postseason. And so hopefully that's what we'll get.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that is a good sentiment to end this on. We are all going to be super excited to welcome you back into our lives, not on the court, but listening to you as Purdue basketball kind of carries us into this next year Bobby Riddell thank you very much where can people find you uh on Twitter I, I assume on Twitter
1: yeah I'm on Twitter at bbuckets11 and that's where you
0: can Fine. find me all right perfect that you can listen to him uh on game nights uh during the game doing color broadcast with Rob Blackman on WAZY that's 96.5 in Lafayette Indiana uh Bobby thank you for coming on uh, this has been great we look forward to it
1: thanks so much appreciate you having me